Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Man, let's go into the word of God. Father, bless this word, and it will go forth. Let it go forth in power and in might. Let us not leave the same way we came in the name of Jesus. Speak to us. Speak to us. As our faces differ, so does the needs, so does the desires, God, so does the wants, God. But I pray that you will speak to us, that when we left here, we will know that we have heard from you. So to the King eternal and mortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. If you believe that this morning, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be speaking with you briefly from the subject title, Treading in the Red Zone. Treading in the Red Zone. We'll be talking about David and Goliath this morning. Treading in the Red Zone. We'll be talking about David and Goliath this morning. Last year, we had connection groups. The women had their divas. Connection group, amen. Praise the Lord. And in the Divas Connection Group, they spoke about, amen, finding the voice, amen, finding her voice, amen. And, and the men, we had our own connection group called, what men? Life in the Red Zone, amen. And we talked about what is the Red Zone. And we spoke about that. And so we learned that the Red Zone, see, I, I, I'm really not a sports person, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not. I, can, I, I get involved around the championships, amen, when we, when we go until our Super Bowl, I, I get amped, I pick a team, I go for it, amen, when we come around the World Series, I pick a team, I go for it, but I love the Yankees, amen, I, I love the Giants, I love Blue, amen, I, I, I just love them, and so I just get excited around these times, even though I don't always follow it throughout the whole season, amen, and um, we learned that the that the red zone was that 20 yard, and y'all can correct me, brothers, if I, if I got this, I get this right, is that 20 yard line, amen, before the goal, amen? And that is a critical zone to be in. Often you will find, and as you watch the Super Bowl in a few hours, you will find that most of the battling of the offense and the defense takes place in that 20 yard line. Because the goal of the goal of the opponent is to get across and make a goal. In other words, to win. When you look at the game of football, it's almost like a battle strategy. It's almost like a war going on, but it's just in game form. That you have two opponents who are trying to score, who are trying to make a touchdown and trying to win. Amen? And so often we find life like that. That we're trying to reach for a goal. We're trying to accomplish something, but we find that our opponent, or what I call our spiritual enemy, this is called for who he is, the devil, oftentimes would try to stop us, would try to put a fence against us, to try to block us from making it to our goal line, making it to our purpose, making it into our, making it into our destiny. And so oftentimes, we are in a spiritual battle that constantly goes on. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
All right. But he talks about the principalities, the powers. He talks about the different the different leagues that are on our spiritual on our spiritual enemy on his side. He talks about the different roles that they play, just like in a football game. You have the linebacker and you have the quarterback. You have defense, and you have offense, and you have the catcher, you have the kicker, you have all these different positions that we learn about. These are all the different positions in Satan's army. But he gives us victory in the scripture because he says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So whatever, no matter what the enemy will try to throw at you or what life throws at you, you still have victory. I don't care if you got bad news this morning. You still have victory. Because your victory is not contingent upon what happens. Because stuff happens all the time. We find ourselves in so many types of situations and troubles all around us. But that does not dictate the fact that you have victory this morning. When Christ died on Calvary's cross and he hung his head and breathed his last breath, and the Bible said he gave up the ghost, that was the day that you got victory. We have victory because of what Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary this morning. And many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we have been treading through the red zone. We have been battling some things. There's a promise that God has given us. There's something that he put in our heart. There's a goal. There's a desire in us. And we're trying to reach that end. We're trying to get to the finish line. We're trying to score a touchdown, but it's hard to touch down. It's hard to get across because there's so many opponents against us. And so we're going to read a story about David and Goliath, how these opponents and how God worked on David's behalf to slay Goliath. Now, for my Giants fans, this is, this, this is no indication that the Giants will fail because David was a giant. We didn't think he was a Giants fan. He was just a giant. Amen. Just thought I'd put that little plug in there. Amen. Because we know giants do fall. And the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn, amen, to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And in any battle plan or any game plan, the very first thing that you must conquer is fear. Come on, somebody said it already. Fear. 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 You have to be willing to look in the eyes of your opponent and not give up. You have to be willing to face your opponent face to face. See, the problem is we don't like to face our stuff. We run from it. We're scared of it. But sometimes you got to face your opponent. Sometimes your opponent is yourself. Sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, self, I'm talking to you this morning. We're going to do this thing in Jesus' name. You got to talk to yourself that way sometimes. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love this scripture. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear did not come from God. It did not come. It said a spirit of fear. We know it's a very spirit, so we know it comes from the enemy. Because the only spirit that God gives us is the Holy Spirit, which gives us the strength to overcome. That's why the scripture said, great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The he that is in you is the God in you. The he that is in the world is the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the enemy. is Satan. 
So greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Come on, you got power this morning. Well, Pastor, I don't feel powerful. It was never dictated on feelings. We hear Jesus struggling to guard in Gethsemane. Well, can this cup just pass by me? Because he didn't really feel like going to the cross. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It's not by feeling. But you have power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're going to tread in the red zone this morning, you have to realize that you're full of power, that you're full of God's love, because we know that God's love, his perfect love, casts out all fear. When you're full of God's love, you can't be engulfed in fear. I heard a teacher, this, uh, teacher year, many years ago actually made, made, made this whole acronym for the word fear, and it was false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. It's false evidence appearing real. Fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. That means your mind is not wavering. That means that you have a concentrated mind, a focused mind, that I'm going to get to my destination. I'm going to get to my goal. I'm going to make a touchdown. Tap your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, it's time to make a touchdown. Come on, you've been in the red zone too long. It's time to make a touchdown. Come on, stop playing with the ball and just darn the darn thing. Come on. You can get it done today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. That's a tall brother. Nine feet tall. They don't make them like that no more, Brother Gates. Nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. And wore a coat of scale armor. Something like a snake. Scale, he was just the enemy. Look at that. Dressed like one. A coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 125 pounds. His armor was the weight of my wife. That's a lot. Come on. That's 125 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Clank, clank. Just carrying. This was a big man. Amen. He wore bronze, he wore, he wore bronze greaves and a, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 15 pounds. His shield bearer went ahead of him, the scripture says. And he had his nerve to say this. He said, um, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man who will fight, who, who will let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine word, Saul, this is King Saul now, and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Today, I really believe that God wants us to make that touchdown. We are treading in the red zone. The red zone is the battlefield. But we have to overcome our giant, our Goliath. Like I said, sometimes the Goliath is ourself. Sometimes it's something external. But God is calling us to overcome this morning. Tell your neighbor, you can overcome it this morning. That's right. That's right. That's right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about it for a second. Name your Goliath this morning. 
What is your Goliath? What is your Goliath? I didn't say who is your Goliath. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it can't be your boss at your job or that nutty professor that you have. No, it can't be that. It can't be your mom or your father. No, 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 no. What is your Goliath? Because oftentimes when you find yourselves in trials and problems, it's not the person that's going to change. It's not many times it's God is changing you. <laughs> so many times I pray, Lord, change this situation. Change this job. Change this class. Change this. And God said, okay. And then I look at the end, he changed me. He didn't, he didn't change him. He changed me. So often God would change you before he changed the circumstance. He'll change your perspective on things. What is your Goliath this morning? What is preventing you from having a touchdown? What is preventing you from crossing that goal line? What is preventing you from winning the game of life? What is your Goliath this morning? Whatever that thing is this morning, I want you to picture it being taken down this morning. Because I'm going to give you some battle strategies on how to tread in the red zone. How to get to the finish line. How to cross and to make a touchdown. Amen? This morning. So let's talk briefly about these battle strategies and then you can be on your way. Amen? Let's talk about this. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. It says, as David was walking with his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine, the champion of Gath, stepped out of his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. First of all, if you understand anything about the wartime during this season in Israel, many times when, they, when, when, when countries battled each other, they didn't all go to battle. Amen. One team said, here's my best person. And the other says, here's my best person. Y'all fight it out. Whoever wins, you win. We'll submit to you. We'll raise up our white flag. And that's it. But the rule of the game was that you had to stay in line. It was almost they were facing us and we were facing them. And whoever the king chose to fight, what both kings chose to fight, those two fought, whoever, whoever won, that's the one who got the victory. But here's Goliath. The Bible says he's stepping out. Of line. In other words, he is breaking the rules. And you will find that your giant Goliath will break the rules. Your, your, your giant Goliath don't care that you're a Christian. Don't care that you pray to God. Don't care that you're trying to live right. Don't care that you're paying your tithes. Your giant Goliath don't care that you have an ache in your body. Your giant has come to take you out. Your giant has come to cut off your destiny. Your giant has come to kill your purpose. That's the giants that we face in life. Those are the things that come up against us. The Bible says the devil comes nothing but to kill, steal, and destroy. Goliath didn't come to play games. He came to crush somebody. He came to take somebody out. And see, the problem is with Israel during that time, they were all scared, even up to King Saul. They were rattling in their boots. First thing is to get fear out your heart. But they were full of fear. They were scared. And the Bible says as David is walking by with his brothers. See, David was just minding his business. David was the least in his family. He wasn't even a part of the army. 
This is a young little lad, the Bible said. Just a young little, just minding his business. His father says, son, come, 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 come. Go to the battle line. Take this food to your brothers. Go do this. Go run this little errand. From He's a little errand boy. David was nothing but a little sheep, a shepherd boy on the backside of the desert. He was nobody. Often we think we're nobody but we're somebody. Because when God has his eye on you, come on, nothing can stop that. Before David was born, God already predestined him to be the very king of Israel. And God will, go, God will allow you to go through so many different things to get you to the place where he wants you to be in life. David was just minding his business. Often you'll walk into your purpose just minding your business. Come on. You just mind, la, 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 bump. Oh, wow. Now I met my wife. I was on a quiet bump. Hi, Sister Alvern, Brother Arthur. Pleasure to meet you. Just bump into your destiny. Come on. Come on, just bump into it. Come on, your destiny might be in this room today. Come on. Bless God. You just bump into it. You didn't even know that that was on your heart to do. Come on. Didn't even know that God had locked that thing up inside of you. David was minding his business. And the Bible says, as Goliath stepped out of line, he shouted his unusual defiance. But this time, the Bible says, David heard it. David heard it. He heard it. And so my first strategy that I'm going to give you this morning is hear the lies. Like what? Hear the lies. Because the very thing that would stop you is the lies. Goliath is a liar. He is a liar. The devil is a liar. He is deceptive. The truth is not in him. He would twist the truth. That's why he got Eve to eat of the forbidden fruits. He tricked her. He lied to her. It sounded like truth, but he deceived her. And Goliath was lying. He was nothing but a liar. He opened up his mouth and he spewed lies. Hear the lies. Why do you want to hear the lies, Pastor? Why do we want to hear the lies? So that you can remember and recognize that they are lies. Let him talk for a second. Like, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all lies. Let me just make a snapshot of my head, because when you throw that against me while we're in battle, I'm going to realize that's a lie. I'm not going to let you get in here. Because once the enemy gets in here, in your mind, he got you. He got you. Girls, be careful the guys with the sweet tongue. But once he get up in here, he got you. I know I'm a week too early, but he got you. Girl, you look so beautiful. Look at you. Look at that flower in your hair. Like a senorita. Look at you. How you doing, boo? How you doing? And that's what the enemy does. That's what he does. Come on. <laughs> oh, he act real spiritual. You want to pray after church? You want to read the Bible after church? Don't be, don't be going back to this room to read no Bible. You ain't going to read no Bible. Let's have, 5 a, let's have 5 a.m. prayer together. Don't call them no 5 a.m. Let me just lay hands on you. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to anoint you with oil from the crown of your head. The, the devil is a liar. 
That's the unholy ghost. That's not the real thing. Hear the lies. So you can remember and recognize that they are lies. But in order to understand the lies, you must know the truth. You must know truth. Do you know enough truth this morning? Come on. Come on. When those football players go out on the field, they have a strategy. They have a strategy how to conquer the enemy, how to conquer their opponent. They know the truth. Come on. They have a game plan. This morning, they studied that thing. You think you guys get on the field and say, oh, we're just going to win. No. They're in their locker room. they study in previous games. They're looking at their opponents, how they play, what type of strategies they use, so they can get their own battle plan and win the game. That's what the Bible says. Study to show thyself approved. Come on, work with need not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to know the truth this morning. If you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. You have to know the truth this morning. I love what David says to Goliath when he hears this. David just minding his business. Just tell a lie. And he said, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he shall defy the armies of the living God? Who does he think he is? We're not just Israel. We're God's chosen people. This is the army of God. See, the problem is Israel didn't realize who they are. They forgot. Because they begin to have self-reliance. They begin to rely on themselves. But they forgot all about God. And when you forget about God, you will get consumed in fear. You'll get consumed in doubt. See, when you're full of yourself, you can't be full of God. Are you full of yourself this morning? Or are you full of God? I know you think you're smart. I don't think you, I think you think you're intelligent. I know you think you've got to go with on. I know you think all those things, but you is still nothing without God. He gave it all to you. Come on now. He said, Who is this Philistine? He got the audacity. He got the nerve to even open up his mouth, to even come out of line to say something to me like that. And David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go to fight him. He said, David said, you know what, King? I just was here just to deliver some lunch. You know, and all the mighty wars of Israel seem like they kind of discouraged, they're scared. So he said, don't lose heart. I'll go do it. I'll go do it. Look at this little kid. <laughs> this, little, this little teenager. Talking about, I'll go do it. I'll go do it. See, we look at people, we judge them, but they say they're going to do something. We look at oh, I'm going to do this in life. We're like, yeah, girl, you're from the project. What you mean you're going to be the president? What you mean you're going to open your own business? Girl, please. You can hardly pay for college now. What you talking about? You're going to be in so much debt? You're going to be a doctor? Any other doctors in your family? No. I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, be no doctor, please. Yeah, that's why you barely passed the SAT. Come on, you signed your name, got a couple hundred points. What? You barely gone to this school. You know how bad your GPA is? And we judge folk. And we look at people. And, and we underestimate them. We say, you will never do that. We will never do that. Come on, and I might be David. Don't silence David. God was speaking. He said, let me go. He said, don't lose heart 
on account of this Philistine. He said, I'm about to handle some business in here. I'm about to do this thing. So here's my second strategy. One, hear the lies. Two, don't listen to naysayers. Oh, my God, I just felt something. Don't listen to naysayers. Haters. <laughs> Don't listen. They're just jealous because they didn't do what they're supposed to do. And misery loves company. And if they didn't do it, they sure don't want you to do it. See, sometimes you got to change your friends. Sometimes you got to sit in a different row in church because this, this aisle is a hater now. I got to go up to the front. They act like they don't want to praise God, but I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him the glory this morning. Come on. Sometimes, look, y'all go, okay, y'all go ahead. I'm going to my door. I'm going to study because I'm going to be a doctor. Come on. Sometimes you have to block yourself. You have to separate yourself from people. Stop wanting to be accepted all the time. The only person that needs to accept you is God. He accepted you freely. Stop trying to look to fit in some places. Some of you will never fit in. You're trying to be a square peg in a round hole. It just won't work. You try out with your friends after work. Let's go out. Let's do this. And you know you got no business doing that stuff. Oh, we're just going to go to a little party. We're just going to hang out in New York for a few hours. The devil is a liar. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Because they'll talk you out your blessing. They'll talk you out your destiny. They'll talk you out your degree. They'll talk you out your money. They'll talk you out your man. They'll talk you out your wife. Come on, they'll talk you out your marriage. All lies. Do not listen to your naysayers. Saul replied, he said, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. You're not a man. You don't know what it is to be a mighty warrior. You're a boy. You're a boy. You're just David. You're just David. Who are you? Your bigger brothers couldn't do something better. You're just a boy. Already put a limitation on me. Already trying to block me. Already trying to stop me. But don't listen to them. Since you're only a boy, and he has been fighting... And he has been fighting from his youth. He said, plus, you can't even fight him because this giant has been fighting since he's been a boy. So this giant has years of experience. Oh, you better come on in here. You can't get the job. You don't have the experience that the other opponents have. You can't get that degree. They've been studying that field for years. What makes you think you can come in and do something? Experience versus heart. Passion. Sometimes you don't need the experience. Come on now, you just need a heart. David had a heart. He had a drive. He was passionate. The Bible says, let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise who you are. I don't care if you're 50 years old. Let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise. What's, what, what, what's connected with youth, Pastor? Passion. Drive, vigor, excitement, energy. Don't let nobody despise it. But you don't got the degree. So what? 
I can do all things through Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on. But you don't make that money. You're not in that bracket. My check, my, my faith can write checks that my bank account can't even cash. Come on. I didn't always have the money for everything. My faith, I wrote it by faith. Come on. And God provided. God provided. God provided. God provided. He still provides. So don't be limited. Don't, be, don't, don't, don't see your limitation or don't allow people to put limitations on you. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Because what you do have is much more than what others have. And you can make a big difference in this world because he loves you so much. So don't listen to the naysayers. One of the things you have to do to combat the haters is remember what God has done. Remember him. Remember the stories. Remember the testimonies. Remember how God answered time and time and time again. Because if you start listening to naysayers, guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin to be fearful. You're going to be in the doubt. And then what they're going to do is transfer their fears to you. One of the major things that my wife and I had to combat ourselves, and you know, people mean well. It's not, it's not that everybody's out to kill you and, and destroy you. People mean well, but sometimes in the way in which they do it can be death. When my wife were engaged, oh no, you don't want to do this, and you don't want to do that, and you got to make sure you got this, and you got to make sure you got that. And if we listen to half the stuff that people told us, we'd probably be divorced today. Just because your marriage didn't work out that way and that's your issue, don't mean that that's going to be mine. We got our own cross to bear. Don't try to put your stuff on us. And I won't try to put my stuff on you. Okay? You can go away. You can do that. We can't do that right now. So we're going to make it work this way. Because we got grace for our battlefield and you got grace for yours. And if I try to fight in your battlefield, your enemy going to take me out. You have to know. You have to remember your God stories. You have to remember what God did for you. Remember what he did for you in high school? Remember how you didn't even study for the exam, but you got a straight A? You was like, Lord, I thank you. Come on, you remember how he came through for you? You remember how you didn't have your license? You could have been staring a car, and now you're driving in your third car? Come on. You remember how you thought you were going to be lonely for the rest of your life, but now you left in the bed with your spouse? Come on. You remember how you didn't have no money, you couldn't get approved for a loan, but look how God paid for your semester? Come on. You remember when the doctor said they couldn't do nothing, you're going to be all by yourself, that's it, but God healed you anyhow? Come on. You have to remember your God stories, how God has come through time, and time, and time, and time, and time, and time, and time again. There's so many times I've been up against a wall. I'm like, God, how are we going to get out of this situation? See, I said we, because I realize I'm, I'm living on purpose. So it's we, we're doing this together. God, how are we going to do this thing? How is this thing going to happen? What are we going to do, God? How are we going to make this situation change? What's going to happen? And I said, God, I'm trusting you. And every time God has gotten me out. He has made a way. You see, hear the old saying say, he will make a way out of no way. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it for you. Remember your God's stories. Remember what God has done. David said, the Lord who answered me from the paw 
of the lion, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. He said, God delivered me from a lion, I took him down. God delivered me from a bear, I took him down. So if God did it then, he'll do it now. If God did a miracle for you back then, he'll do a miracle for you now. You have to remember what God has done. I know Janet Jackson wrote a song years ago, What Has He Done For You Lately? But I hear to tell you, what has God done for you lately? What has he done for you? Don't, don't, don't have spiritual amnesia to what God has done. Don't act like you did that all by yourself, because you did not. Don't think that your networking skills and your abilities and your talents got you where you are because it did not happen that way. God made a way for you out of nowhere. God gave you his favor. He favored you. He gave you the grace and the strength that you needed. So don't forget him. We ask God, give me out this one, Lord. If you give me out this one, Lord, I, I, I promise I'll serve you. If you do this one for me just this time, I, I, I promise. And God does it time and time and time again. We still turn our shoulder against him. We still ignore him. He's trying to get our attention this morning. Remember the God's stories. The Bible says, Goliath looked over at David and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome. He was a fine young boy. I said, why did the scripture have to put all that? Why did you say he was a boy? I said, no, he was ruddy. He was handsome. Come on now. He was fearfully, he was wonderfully made. And the Bible said, and he despised him. He despised him. Say your name real quick. Say, damn, you look good. Come on, tell me, you're beautiful. You're fine. You've got it going on. That's right. All of God's children are beautiful, are handsome. Come on, don't get insecure. Well, I don't have fear like Beyonce, and I don't have a but don't do like she do. So what? Well, I don't have a six pack. Well, look, I got I, look, I got a keg. But you know what? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Lord, my wife that's not her face. We all right. Come on now. Stop comparing yourself to people. That's how you lose. That's how you, you will get tackled down. Because you're comparing yourself to people. Remember your God's stories. The Bible says David despised him. Verse 43. And he said to David, I am. He said, am I a dog? Now he goes Goliath now. But this is the stuff that Goliath is going to say to you. Your Goliath is going to say this to you. He said, am I a dog? He said, that you have come at me with sticks. He said, he's called this little boy a stick figure. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Your little bony little stick. Am I a dog? That you're going to dangle a stick in front of my face? Come on. He said, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. That's crazy. He's cursing the army of the living God by his gods. Lowercase g. Not big g. Not old g. Not God. Lowercase g. He said, come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, see, this is where where half of us lose the battle. Because we start hearing that stuff in our minds. And instantly, instantly we, we, we back down. We lose our composure. And we allow ourselves to get locked up in fear 
I repeat the same pattern over and over and over and over again. We can't get past this point. This is our wall. We, we, we stop here. But I love what God does. You cannot compare yourself to David. David could not compare himself even to the giant because you know what? In all honesty, he was small. He was like a sick compared to um, Goliath. In all honesty, you know what? It is true. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, the facts are against you. You don't have enough credit to get that house. Who did I just talk to? I felt that in the spirit. You don't have enough credit. You got too much debt to even think about marriage. You don't even have enough money to go back for your master's degree because you swamped with stuff for your bachelor's degree. Come on. Come on. And the facts are stacked against you. The facts are true. But they still don't outweigh God's promise to you. Because, see, the problem is we compare ourselves to our situation, but we, we fail to compare our problems to God. And, see, this is what David did. David did not compare himself to Goliath because if he actually looked at it, he said, you know what, Goliath, you are true. It's true, I am kind of bony, right? Don't have the muscles like you do. I sure don't. I'm just a boy. But David said, I ain't scared of you. Because let me tell you something. Compared to God, you ain't nothing. You know, a a little piece of speck of dust. You are nothing compared to my God. And see, this is where we stop at. See, you got to learn how to compare your situation to God. That's why the psalmist said, and David wrote it, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What you mean magnify? Get a magnifying glass and make God big. Say, God, wow. You are big, God. Instead of magnifying your Goliath, magnify God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, let's make God big. That's why when we come to God's house, that's what we come to do. We've come to magnify his name. Because if we start magnifying our problems, our sickness, our disease, we'll be one depressed, suicidal church with no hope, no joy, and no peace. But when we come to lift up the name of Jesus, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. As a matter of fact, he comes down. As a matter of fact, he sends his presence. He sends his glory in the house to deal with our problems. So David began to magnify God. He said, to God, you ain't nobody. And I ain't scared of you. He said, I'm on God's team. If God be for me, who can be against me? You might try to destroy me, but I'm still coming out all right. I still have victory. I'm still going to make it through this problem. I'm still going to make it through this situation. I'm going to have a touchdown because I'm going to tread in the red zone. Eat dust. Don't focus on the giant. Focus on God. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. (laughs) I love this. He said, you come against me with natural things. For we wrestle not against, remember the scripture, flesh and blood. You come against me 
with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you had defied. Come on. He said, you no match. You no match against God. You no match against God. Your little sword, your little spear, your little javelin, I don't care how much it weighs, it's no match against God. Your Goliath is no match against God. He said, this day the Lord will hand me over to you, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Why would he cut off his head? Why is that so violent? Why would he do something like that? Because the head represents the place of authority. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of the body. If you get Jesus, you get everything. If you get the head, you get everything. That's why in terrorist attacks, many times, they will cut off the person's head. It's a sign of defilement. He said, I would take your authority away from you. That's what he's saying. He said, I would take you out. I would take you down. I will not cut your hand off. I will not cut your toe off. He said, I'll cut your head off. But you want to kill a snake, what you do? You cut its head off. I've come. He said, God's going to give me to you. God's going to give me. He's going to hand me over to you. I will strike you down. I will cut off your head. Today I will give your carcasses to the Philistine army, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He didn't say, I'll get the credit. He said, no. He said, this is going to happen because God is going to show himself strong and mighty. Are you going to give the glory to God when he does it? So you got, you got to think about that. Because God will do it, but are you going to give the glory to him? See, if you focus on God and not on your giant, you will win. You will overcome. You will have the victory. You can really say, my name is victory and we win. You can really declare those things. But when it happens, give him the credit. Give God the glory. God wants you to come against your Goliath today. He wants you to take your Goliath out. He wants you to cut your Goliath's head off. Pastor, this just sounds so vulgar. The devil is not nice, people. Your enemy is not nice. It's not, well, let's talk about this. Let's just sit down and have a little meeting. Let's have some conflict resolution. And I'm pretty sure we can work through some stuff. The devil don't work like that. Goliath didn't want to work like that. He stepped out of line. He stepped out of line. He did not follow the orders of the day. And drastic means call for drastic measures. And if the devil wants to step out of line, then we have to put him in check. If he wants to come against us, then we have to stand up against him. The Bible says for the kingdom suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. We don't say, can I have back what you took from me? Can I have my joy back? You know, you may be depressed this week. I just wouldn't feel good again. No, it don't work like that. The violent take it by force. You got to take back. You you can't be passive. You got to take it by force. Everybody hold your fist up in the air like this. And take it by force. That's what you got to do. You have to take it by force. Because God has given you the victory. See, see the problem is, see, the way God deals with us is that he does, he gives us the victory beforehand. He doesn't give us the victory once we get to the end. You already have the victory. 
So what you just need to do is just walk in victory. I'm winning. I'm, I'm won. It's done. Okay, I got to go through that hurdle, but I'm won already. So let me just go on through. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know, sometimes... We used to watch boxing matches, and I don't know if you still watch boxing matches. See, I grew up in, in, in the era where we watched good fights like Mike Tyson. Remember Mike Tyson, Brother Gates? And we used to watch Mike Tyson. It used to be a big thing. I mean, we used to, he was the boxer in Atlantic City, and man, we see these big fights against Holyfield and Mike Tyson, and you know, we're like, oh my God, who's going to win? And we used to see these different types of fights and different boxing matches with all these different types of boxers. And one thing I noticed about something. Well, all the fans are going crazy, and they made their bets on who's going to win. But you know, I noticed something that the managers of the boxers, they're just calm and collected. Have you noticed that? They're just calm. They're not, they're not getting all, whoo, go, go, go. They're just calm and collected. You know why? Because the fight was already fixed. They already knew who was going to win in the first place. And I'm here to declare to you that whatever you've been battling, your fight is already fixed. God has already made a way for you. He's already given you the victory. He's already given you the answer. You just need to walk it out. Okay, I'll give about two seconds. Let me let it sink in. One, two. Some people are not getting that. Three. Four, five. It's kind of slow sometimes. You got to wait for it. Let, let it marinate just a little more. Fast second, the fight is fixed. You won already. You just got to go through the motion. David already won before he even had Goliath's head. He already won. You have to realize it's, or you already won. You just got to go through the motion. What pastor is hard? Yes, it's hard. No one promised life was going to be easy. Stop being a quiet fry, baby. Stop whining. If you complain, you remain. You ain't going nowhere. Don't get left behind. But you got to be strong today. You got to be strong today. You got to be strong today. The scripture says, and I'm closing, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48, it said, then it happened. Then it happened. It happened. It happened. God did it. God did it. He won. David won. David ran with him with a slingshot. You read the whole story, you realize that even then King Saul was trying to give, trying to give David his armor. He said, I don't want that armor. This is the way I fight. He said, these are my resources. This is the tools that I used to get here, and these are the tools I used to go all the way. Don't let anyone change your armor. Your resources. No, no, God didn't get you here. No, no, just do this. Just do this. No, God got you here. Don't forget God. Take God with you. Take him with you. Don't forsake God. You might go through times where you waver in your faith, but get back up. Be strong. Then it happened. So the whole world will know that there's a God who reigns in your life. I want the board to get this video ready. I want to show you this. Because many times we think we are so limited and we can't do anything. But I want you to watch this video. It's actually from the movie called Facing the Giants. It's a very popular movie that came out a number of years ago. It was life-impacting. So I just want you to watch this snippet carefully. And then we're going to close in prayer.
Thank you, Jesus. Wholehearted. Amen. All right, let's go. Show me something. Ten yards. Move it, move it. Let's go. Let's go, Matt. Let's go. Let's go, Jonathan. Show me something. Ten yards. Show me some power. No knees. Keep your knees off the ground. Show me something. There we go. Ten yards. Show me some muscle. Show me some power. Give me some heart. Let's go. Very good, boy. Very good. There's one in back. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. It's going to be good effort. That way, Brock. Keep coming. There you go. Good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Find the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. But I have strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength. But don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. And let it burn. It burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop, keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard, you keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. 
around defeated so will they don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing you just carried a 140 pound man across this whole field on your arms Brock I need you God's gifted you with the ability of leadership don't waste it huh? can I count on you yes Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I weigh think that speaks for itself. That's God coaching us. And I love the fact that he was blindfolded because it lines up with scripture. We walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we always saw what was up ahead, we would quickly just give up. If we always heard what people would say, we would just give up so quickly. But we walk by faith and not by sight. God is with us this morning. And I know for some of you, it hurts. You said, Pastor, I can't make it. It hurts. Well, I'm here to tell you, keep going. Keep going. God has given you the strength. He's given you the ability. He's given you everything that you need to be victorious this morning. Then it happened. Why did God give Goliath over to David? So that the whole world would know that there is a God who reigns. There is a God who reigns. Why are you going to say you're Goliath? Because the whole world would know that there's a God who reigns in your life. Let's bow our heads. Father in the heaven, we come before you and we thank you for speaking to us, Lord. To let us know, Lord God, that we can tread in the red zone. Oh God, we're on the battlefield for our Lord, but we can score a touchdown. We can win at this game of life. So Father, I'm trusting you this morning, oh God. To speak to the hearts of your people, Lord. Father, I'm trusting you to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or even think. Pondering on the message that you just heard this morning, and you would say, Pastor, 
This message has spoken to me. I believe God has spoken to me this morning. I believe that it's time for me to face my Goliath. I've been fearful. I have not been facing the, the, the situations in my life. And I want victory. I want victory. I want to win. I want to overcome. I, I, I want to be strong. I, I, I want to face it. I don't know what area of your life you're struggling with this morning. But you're saying, Pastor, I know God has spoken to me. I just want you to stand where you are in your seat quickly this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a giant I need to face. There's a giant in my house. There's a giant in my marriage. There's a giant in my health. There's a giant in my relationship. There's a giant within me. I'm facing something. I need to deal with it. I've got to deal with it this morning. I've been putting off too long. I've been procrastinating. I've got to deal with this thing. I've been listening to the lies too long. I've been fearful too long. God is calling me to deal with it this morning. I, wanna, I want to pray for you this morning. Just about the whole house is standing this morning. Thank you for your honesty. But I hate, I hate to tell you, you, you're taking the first step towards your victory. You're taking the first step towards your victory this morning. The God that we serve is an able God, as we declare he is able. So this is what I want you to do. I want, to lift, I want you to lift both your hands up. Now, I love this, this pose because this is a pose of worship. It's a pose where we are surrendering to God. But it's also a pose for victory. That when we make that goal, we're saying, I did it. But more importantly, God did it. And so, Father God, we come before you with hands lifted high this morning. And Father, I'm believing you in the name of Jesus that you would touch each and every individual that's standing here this morning. Father God, we all have giants. We all have opponents that are against us. Some are intrinsic, some are external, Father God, but you have promised to give us the victory from the inside out. And so, Lord, I'm praying this morning that you will help each and every individual to overcome their giant, their Goliath. They know what the name is. They know what the struggle is. Hey, they know what the problem is. So, Lord, I'm praying today that you will give them victory in the name of Jesus. Satan, I bind your hand. I bind your scheme. I come against your lies. I silence your voice. I bind up your lies, for you are the father of lies, and the truth is not in you. And Lord, I release your truth this morning. You said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. For you said, though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk after it, for the weapons are warfare and are carnal, but they might through God to the pulling out of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every hot thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Father, I pray today that you would strengthen each and every one, even through the times of trouble, the times of temptation, the times where they want to give up. I pray they will remain strong. So that I bless you for what you're going to do. I bless you for giving them the victory today. In the name of Jesus, I praise you and I thank you. If you believe that, say amen.